Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. what they did, how they turned from their evil ways. God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. A reading from the book of Jonah seems a strange choice for this season of epiphany, this season of light, this season of revelation, this season of manifestation. Our gospel readings, both last week and today, were about Jesus calling his disciples. Last week, Jesus found Philip and said, follow me. Philip then found Nathanael and told him they had found the one of whom Moses and the prophets had written. Nathanael was skeptical, but Philip said, Come and see. In this morning's gospel, Jesus also issues a call to follow him. This time, we hear about Jesus calling for fishermen, two sets of brothers, Simon and Andrew, and James and John, the sons of Zebedee. The gospel readings are obviously about the manifestation of who Jesus is, and the appropriate response to that revelation. When Philip told Nathanael to come and see, he did. And they were numbered among the 12 disciples. When Jesus issued the invitation, the command to follow him, all four fishermen immediately left their nets and their livelihoods to become fishers of people. Jonah's response to God was anything but immediate. And perhaps that is one of the reasons why the story of Jonah is so compelling to us. Quite simply, we may be more inclined to resist God's call, as did Jonah, than we are to leave the security and the certainty of our current circumstances, as did the apostles. Our Old Testament reading from Jonah is towards the end of the book. We heard the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. Jonah did this second time what he was told to do. He warned them that Nineveh would be destroyed in 40 days. The Ninevites believed the warning and repented. When God saw that they had turned from their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not, after all, destroy them. But this was the second time the word of the Lord came to Jonah. The first time the word of the Lord came to Jonah, he chose not to do what God had commanded. We don't learn the reason Jonah defied God's command to go to the great city of Nineveh and cry against it until the last chapter of the book. 
Initially, all we know is that God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, and instead he decided to flee God's command. He boarded a ship at Joppa, bound for his destination of Tarshish. While at sea, the Lord raised a great wind and a mighty storm, and the crew feared that the ship was going to break up and sink. They cast lots to determine who was responsible, and the lot fell on Jonah. Jonah took full responsibility for the storm and told the captain to throw him overboard. Once overboard, the sea calmed, and Jonah was rescued, as it were, by a great fish that swallowed him. During his three days in the whale's belly, Jonah had an opportunity to pray, to give thanks to God, and to promise that he would pay his vow. Once the promises had been made and three days had passed, the great fish vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. And it was only after his liberation from the whale's belly that the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time and reissued the command to go to and to speak against Nineveh. This time Jonah did as he had been commanded. The Ninevites acknowledged their sin and repented. God changed his mind and spared Nineveh from his wrath. It was only after the Ninevites had been spared that we learn why Jonah had attempted to evade God's call to go to Nineveh. The reason that Jonah defied God was not because he didn't want to be the bearer of bad news. Rather, the reason that Jonah had defied God's call to cry against Nineveh was because he knew what God was like. He knew that God was gracious merciful, and forgiving. It was only after the Ninevites had been spared that we hear Jonah's rationale for fleeing. That is why I fled to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. The book concludes with Jonah sitting in the shade of some plant that's being consumed by a worm. The sun rose, as did a sultry wind. Jonah was ready to faint because of the heat, and he thought it would be much better for him to die rather than to live. And then we once again hear God's voice. You pity the poor plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who don't know their right hand from their left? Unfortunately, we sometimes miss the significance of the book of Jonah because we either spend too much time asking if some sort of great fish like a whale could really have swallowed Jonah, or we simply dismiss the story as a fable and a myth. Jonah too often gets either ignored or dismissed as a fable that too closely resembles Pinocchio being swallowed by a whale while waiting for his reconciliation with Geppetto. 
When I was in high school, I became very involved in the church. Because I took it so seriously, my family all worried about me. Now, looking back some 50 years, I understand their worry. I was rather earnest, and I had PTL, praise the Lord, written on a few too many notebooks. But my sister and her best friend were always asking, do you really believe sorts of questions? Do you really believe that God created the world in the space of a week? Do you really believe that Mary was a virgin? Do you really believe that a whale swallowed Jonah? Now, these questions were posed before I had taken any biblical studies or theology classes. They were posed before I understood that scripture was composed of a number of different genres. They were posed before I could articulate that even though all scripture is inspired by God, it's not all meant to be read in exactly the same way. Nevertheless, I believed then what I believe now. And that is that all things are possible with God. So yes, a whale or some other sort of great fish could have swallowed Jonah. Jonah could have been in the belly of that whale for three days. But that's not really the point of the story. The point of the book of Jonah is an epiphany, a revelation. The point of the book of Jonah has little to do with what actually happened to Jonah. The point of the book of Jonah, though, has everything to do with what happened to, or more precisely, what did not happen to the people of Nineveh. The point of the book of Jonah is an epiphany, a revelation of God's mercy, of God's patience, and of God's steadfast love. The point of the book of Jonah is an epiphany, a revelation of the character of God. Ours is a God who can have a change of heart and mind in the face of repentance. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Jonah made the journey to Nineveh and warned them that God would overcome them in 40 days. There was no contingency in Jonah's message. There was no message of repent or else. No, this was a definitive warning about their imminent de demise. But the king heard the warning and published a citywide decree demanding that everybody fast and cry mightily to God. Who knows? God may relent and change his mind he may turn from his fierce anger so that we do not perish. Indeed, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God did change his mind about the calamity that he said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. One commentator made a connection between Jonah and the Magi who visited the new, newborn Messiah on the Feast of the Epiphany. He said, like the Magi whose journey to pay tribute to the infant Jesus, we remember during the season of Epiphany, Jonah heeded God's summons to go to a foreign city. But unlike the Magi from the east, Jonah initially resisted 
and then rebelled against God's call to go to the Assyrian city of Nineveh. Yes, there is a connection between Jonah and the Magi, but there's a far more important connection between Jonah and the Epiphany. That connection is the reminder that this Jesus, who is God incarnate, is gracious, gracious, merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. This Jesus, who is God incarnate, has called each one of us to follow him. Some of us may respond to that call immediately, like Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, and Nathaniel. But others of us might be more like Jonah and try to evade that call. But who we are and how we respond does not change the character and intention of God to draw all peoples and nations to himself. Not even a city as great and as evil as Nineveh is beyond God's reach. The point of the story is not Jonah. The point of the Gospels is not the apostles. The point of the story is always who God is and what God has done for each of us in the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>